Welcome to the Stress Nanny Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Miller, and I'm delighted that you're here. Today, I'm going to introduce a new feature that we're going to start on the podcast. It's called Ask the Stress Nanny. What I'm going to do is answer your questions once a month. If you have a question that you'd like to submit, feel free to send it to me either on the website or on Instagram or via email. This week, our question comes from Elle. And she says, Lindsay, any suggestions on how I can get my kids more interested in mindfulness? She has older kids who are sometimes resistant when she brings up practice. A lot of times when we practice mindfulness with younger kids, it looks a little bit more enthusiastic. With older kids, it can be different. This is such a great question, Elle, and I'm really glad that you brought it up. One of the things that I think is really helpful when it comes to teaching mindfulness to older children, especially if they haven't had any background in it before when they were younger, is to help them tune into the reasons why and how it can help them. So oftentimes kids feel like we're putting something on them, right? As parents, we're we're asking them to do a lot of things and mindfulness can feel like just one more of those things. And sometimes I describe it to parents as like practicing an instrument, right? We're strengthening connections in our brain when we practice mindfulness and it's akin to learning to play any instrument, right? You have to kind of spend the time in 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 practice in order for it to be effective when you really need it in order to be able to perform on your instrument right when it's time for a concert and so kids can sometimes show a level of resistance to mindfulness similar to what they show to practicing the violin that's what it looks like at our house where most of the time practicing the violin is not enjoyable it's something that I have to kind of coax and encourage and while I don't ever force it I do make sure that it's a priority because I know that as my daughter practices the violin each day she's going to improve and the skills that she has are going to be maintained Um, I often find like if we haven't practiced the violin in a week, say we've been on vacation, we've kind of like slid back a bit and the momentum that we had previously is no longer there. So practicing mindfulness can be similar in that just like investing small amounts of time in it consistently at whatever interval you deem, you know, appropriate for your family that is more effective than like a a stop, start, stop, start, really sporadic practice. That being said, if sporadic practice is all that you've got right now, stick with sporadic practice because it's definitely better than nothing. It's just that when we practice with older kids, a lot of times they'll test kind of our boundaries around it, right? And see how serious we are. And so if they think they can kind of just whine and complain and get out of it, then they'll use that strategy pretty consistently, right? So part of it is helping them understand how it is going to benefit them, like I was just saying. So when we talk about mindfulness with kids, a lot of times what we can do is frame it in a way that enables them to see how it will impact an activity that they enjoy. 
So they might enjoy snowboarding, they might enjoy basketball, they might enjoy swimming, baseball, whatever it is that your child enjoys, those are the activities you kind of want to hone in on in terms of how mindfulness can help them in that activity. Because it's something that they're already invested in. They already have buy-in. You don't have to get them, you know, excited about going to football practice or whatever it is. And so when we can illustrate mindfulness as an aid to an activity that they already enjoy, oftentimes it can kind of get some momentum with them such that they can get a few wins with it and see its effectiveness and then maybe put up a little bit less of a fight the next time. So what that looks like is, say for basketball, if they get really stressed out when it's their turn to have a free throw, right? And they just can't seem to get the ball um, into the net when it's their, you know, when they're on the line. You can talk about, you know, the next time they're frustrated and they come home and they're like, oh, I just, you know, I'm so mad. I can never make that free throw. It's just so embarrassing. I'm so frustrated. Um, I'm never going to be able to do it, you know, and they're kind of in the throes of, of the emotion. That's probably not the time to introduce it, but it is the time to take note of like an area of life that they feel some frustration about and then just kind of tuck that away. And then when they kind of mellow out a little bit, you can take the opportunity to bring it up. So maybe a few hours later, the next day, whenever it is, you say, hey, I was thinking about what you said yesterday. And you know how you were frustrated about your free throws? I was listening to a podcast and I was thinking that this mindfulness, it might help you. And if they roll their eyes, then just maybe just go on a little bit because sometimes we all know that eye rolling can mean they might be listening to you still a little bit and have some interest, but they're not going to let you know it yet, right? So then you go on and say, you know what? It's pretty easy. Like of all the things that you could do to help you do more free throws, this seems like it would be super easy to try. Um, and it's just breathing. Like you just, you just kind of sit and practice kind of sitting calmly and breathing for a few minutes. So maybe the next time, you know, you have a free throw, if you practice this, you'll be able to calm down on the line and have a little bit more, um, you know, accuracy with your shot. And at that point, they might start to listen, like incline their head a little bit or kind of turn <laughs> and show some level of interest. They might still, you know, feign disinterest. But a lot of times when we talk to them about mindfulness from, you know, the standpoint of something that they're invested in, they, they'll listen. And so you could just say, yeah, it's important though that you practice before you actually do it. This is what I'm learning as I'm listening is you don't have to come across as the expert here. That's the point. Like learn alongside them more than you like um, pour the learning into them. And so you just say, yeah, like it's, we just, all you have to do is kind of sit and just breathe and kind of try to be calm for a few minutes and feel the breath in your body. If you could just try that. I know it sounds really funny and I, you know, I'm curious if it would work, but it seems like something super easy to try. So maybe we could just give it a try together and, you know, try it for a week and then see how your next game goes. See if it's something that comes in useful. Another way that I've helped kids implement is like on swim teams. So kids who are nervous about doing a swim meet and having a hard time getting on the blocks, giving them the tools that they need to practice 
and to kind of just frame their thinking from a standpoint of confidence. So a lot of times there's like a lot of nervousness and they don't want to, you know, they love swimming, but they maybe don't love the swim meet. And so that nervousness is coming across as it's time for them to perform, right? It's kind of reaching this peak and then they feel that stress really keenly. And so if if it was that child and I was trying to introduce mindfulness, I again wouldn't if unless you have a practice in place or unless they've practiced, like introducing it in the moment of stress is one of the probably worst things you could <laughs> you could do in terms of teaching kids mindfulness. So don't don't like come up with this great idea to practice mindfulness in the thick of a hard moment for your kid. That's not the time to introduce it. But afterwards, if they're frustrated and they're saying, oh, I, I really like swimming. I just, those swimming stress me out so much. And I just, I get scared every time I have to get on the blocks. And I just, until that buzzer goes, I just don't want to do it. And you can see their potential. That's the moment, right? When as a parent, you're watching, you see their potential, you understand, like they just need to get through this hurdle in order to be successful at this activity that they show a lot of promise in. You know, later on, you could just be like, yeah, I can see that's really hard for you. I, I totally get it. I can see that's something challenging. And I see, you know, I see how skilled you are at this. And it's so hard that, that, that there's just that one moment kind of getting in your way. And then take the opportunity again to say, hey, I was thinking about what you said about the swim meet. And I have an idea. I was learning about this thing called mindfulness. And it just means kind of watching your thoughts and letting letting yourself choose the thoughts you pay attention to. Now, I know you said when you're up there on those blocks that you're feeling nervous, you're feeling like I can't do this, like everybody's watching me and all those thoughts are running through your head. But I'm wondering if there are also some thoughts in there that are more confident, like I love swimming. Like, is that a thought that's in your mind at that point? And then the kid is probably going to look at you because they haven't spent a lot of time observing their thoughts and say, I don't know, maybe. And then you'll say, you know what, this practice mindfulness, it can help you kind of shine a flashlight on those thoughts that give you confidence and help you be more confident than nervous. And so if you, if you want to practice it with me, I feel like I need that too. Cause there are sometimes when I get nervous about things and, and it would help me out too. So do you want to practice it? We can maybe practice it together. And then once you kind of help them understand how mindfulness can serve them and can help them be the kind of person they would like to be or help them overcome some of the things that they struggle with, that's when you can introduce it as just this small practice. Now, Elle, when I worked with her, we were talking about different ways she could introduce it. Like mindfulness doesn't have to come straight from me, right? Like it doesn't have to come from a video that I put out or, you know, coaching from me. Those are, those are options that people have for mindfulness. And certainly if that's something you want to take advantage of, we can chat. But I think the best person to teach mindfulness is you. And so you just kind of taking in what I'm saying on the podcast or, you know, like even in my courses or on my website, like you taking in that information, say you see a post on Instagram and it really strikes you, you paraphrase it, you apply it, you put it in your own words and in the context of your own life and you create mindfulness like as a culture in your family by kind of digesting what I'm saying and then sharing it with your kids with your family, your spouse, whoever. And so honestly, I, I feel like the best person to teach mindfulness to your child is you. 
And so if you can use the tools that I offer and then paraphrase them, those are the moments you can use it while you're like waiting in the car to pick up another kid, you know, waiting with the child who gets nervous at swim meets while you're waiting to pick up somebody else. Like, hey, let's practice that breathing. Um, A lot of times it can be helpful to have a consistent time because kids like to know what to expect. So Elle, um, you know, in chatting with her, we decided she was going to try it at her family team meeting that she has and just do like a few minutes of mindfulness at the family team meeting. And it was a time when everyone was gathered. Everyone was kind of just um, paying attention to what was going on and ready to engage. And they knew that like communication and depth was, was just a part of the family team meeting. And so it wasn't a surprise. It wasn't like they were springing, she was springing mindfulness on them at a random time. And so that was a really great scenario for her. Um, one of the things that I've worked with in other families is the kids will do it before bed to, and then they find that it helps them calm down and not be as nervous when they're going to sleep. And so in that instance, it kind of reinforces itself, right? In our family, sometimes as we've done it before bed, we, we have a family prayer in our home before bed. And so we'll just take a few minutes to breathe before or after that family prayer and sometimes our daughter is lying down sometimes she's not paying attention at all to the breathing sometimes she's ignoring us completely but (laughs) but I also feel like there are moments when she's invested in it and she's there and she's you know really trying to just settle her mind and concentrate on her breath and so I think acknowledging that it's not going to go perfectly in whatever scenario you present it especially with the older kids like what Elle was asking about there's going to be some eye rolling, there's going to be some frustration, and there's going to be some fighting back. Eventually, the kids tune into the fact that it's helpful to them. And it doesn't always mean it's still like practicing an instrument, right? They go to the concert, they play it beautifully. The next week, they might be super enthusiastic about practicing. But after that, you kind of have to be coaxing and reminding again, right? So mindfulness can be kind of like that. And while it might not run itself, there are so many opportunities to just introduce it in small ways for things that kids are already excited about. And I think that's the best way to go, especially with older kids. So I hope that's helpful. And if you have any questions, again, you can submit them to me via email. I'll put my email in the bio. I mean, in the show notes and then also on Instagram. Um, You can check in there and let me know if you have questions you want me to address. Until next time, take care.